Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for joining us in our last episode of the Qazwini podcast. That's right. This is the last episode of this series, episode number 15. Uh, I know I've enjoyed participating in it. My elder brother has enjoyed it. We want to thank all of our viewers, everyone who's been supporting us, everyone who's been giving us positive feedback. Um, and inshallah, today we have a good topic in store for everyone. We're going to be talking about fashion today. Obviously, fashion surrounds us in a way that we can't get rid of, you know. You can't um, deny that fashion goes on because we use clothes to cover ourselves first and foremost. So, we have to know something about fashion. It's a very important topic and we're here to discuss it with you guys today. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين المعصومين المكرمين وأما بعد السلام عليكم brothers and sisters friends viewers ورحمة الله وبركاته um, indeed um, I think it's an important topic especially as we're getting close to the day of Eid. Right. Um, though, you know, there will not be, from my understanding, there won't be any uh, official Eid prayers in, right. in mosques, but I'm sure people are either shopping around for uh, new clothes or, or jewelry or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But when we initially picked the topic, we thought that there will be Eid prayers and there yeah. will be people shopping around. Regardless, Eid is a time where people will end up, uh, inshallah, in the next years, um, you know, dressing up and, and looking to be fashionable when they appear in the masjid. Um, and like you said, you know, fashion surrounds us um, all the time, uh, especially with social media, with TV. Uh, you know, even when you go out shopping, uh, it surrounds you all the time. Right. And there's a lot of questions, there's a lot of concerns regarding this topic. We got almost about uh, 20 uh, questions dm to us, wow. many questions. Uh, yeah, I think awesome. the reason why we got so many questions in the DM was because um, I think people are scared to be judged or mm-hmm. you know, uh, they might feel awkward asking those questions publicly. Right. And we also had a good amount of questions in, in the public audience. Which tells you this is a very important topic, you know, is right. it um, is it okay to spend money on, uh, you know, brands, is it halal, is it haram, what is a fashionable hijab, uh-huh. uh, there there are a lot of topics surrounding right. this top, uh, surrounding this subject, and I don't know how much we're going to be able to cover today, but right. I assume we definitely would need to have a follow-up on the topic. Part two, inshallah. inshallah. So we're going to go over a few things today. First, we're going to talk about um, should should we care about how we dress and how what we dress says about us. Then we're going to talk about name brands. Are they important? What's the difference between a name brand and an off brand? Um, then we're going to talk about perfumes and colognes. We'll talk about hygiene, shoes and sneakers. And then we're going to transition, talk a little bit about um, if it's humble to dress down. You know, is it humble to not be fashionable? And then lastly, we're going to talk about the imams, the prophet, 
how they, you know, dressed or carried themselves uh, when it came to their fashion. So, first and foremost, uh, should we care about fashion? Should we care about how we dress? And what does how you dress say about you? Absolutely. Um, I believe that what, you know, how you dress says a lot about you and, and your personality and who you are. And that's a known fact. Today, the way you dress out in public determines, you know, a lot of things about you. Right. Uh, and people choose, uh, you know, a lifestyle. And within their lifestyle, there's also, a, you know, a, a specific fashion or a specific right. clothing line or a specific way for them to dress. Mm. That says a lot about them. Um, now, obviously, we have to dress differently to different places, right? Definitely. Uh, let's say tomorrow you have a job interview mm -hmm. and you have graduated from the best university and you're, re you're really good at what you do. Right. But you end up just walking out of the house with your pajamas, you know, you don't comb your hair, you don't take care of yourself, you just show up to the job because right. you think that I'm qualified. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really good at this. And then someone else comes there as well to the job interview who's less qualified, who probably hasn't graduated from the same school that you have. Right. Uh, but he's neat and he's taken care of himself, he's well-groomed, he's well-spoken. Uh, the second person is way more likely to get the job. Definitely. Because people don't just want smart people, you know. They want yeah. people who also have uh, emotional intelligence. And, and when we spoke of emotional intelligence, this is part of your emotional intelligence telling you how to dress where and how to act and, right. and how to behave and how to speak in different, set it, uh, different settings. So, uh, you know, how we dress determines our success as well. Right. You know, uh, usually people like to uh, 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 engage with those who are well-dressed, well-groomed, well-taken care of, who smell good, who who look like they have taken care of themselves. Right. Um, and that that is also associated with success, you know. Definitely. Uh, a good salesman, for example. A good sell part of being a good salesman is knowing how to dress mm -hmm. uh, and being fashionable. Now, I also believe that it's all the exterior, not just how we look and how we dress, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a lot more than that. And I will explain that to you. Um, what I mean is um, the way we dress, the way we look, and the way we dress goes a long way. Right. But then there are some people who dress well and they look good, but as soon as they speak, yeah. you just you don't want to associate yourself with them at all. Right. Because they are so uneducated, they are not well spoken, they are not well behaved, mm. and uh, it just turns you off about that yeah. person completely. Um, so it's taking care of our exterior is a huge thing and it's a package, you yeah. know, it's about having knowledge. It's about being well-spoken. It's about behaving well, even the way we walk, the way we sit, the way we speak, mm -hmm. um, the way we interact with others, along with the way that we dress and the way we're groomed and the way we carry ourselves, says a lot about our exterior and who we are within. Right. Um, and uh, the religion of Islam definitely, definitely uh, emphasizes on that a lot. I know that you said we're going to be talking about the imams and the prophet all the way in the end, and we will. Yeah. 
But right here, uh, I would I would want to emphasize that um, the Holy Quran, for example, on many occasions asks and invite the believers to dress for the occasion. Right. You know, whether it's you going to the mosque or or or, or whatever it may be to meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, mm -hmm. you have to be uh, appropriately dressed. Right. That is why. We can't stand up for salah, for example, even if there's nobody around, naked. Mm -hmm. That's not allowed. Right. We have to cover ourselves. We have to dress appropriately for the occasion, even if there's nobody seeing us. You know, a lot of people ask, they say, you know, what if I go in my room, I lock the door, and I'm not dressed properly? Mm -hmm. Can I perform my salah? And that is not allowed. Because... Uh, you're standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I mean, would you go and stand in front of the president with your boxers? Right. Uh, now, obviously we have laws concerning those who may not have clean clothes. Or, I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about the proper attire if everything is, is fine. Right. Uh, you know, then it is required of you to dress properly, to use atar, perfume. To uh, even you know, like we said when we sp when we spoke of the gemstones, to wear your you know nicest aqiq or, or or rings, to comb your beard, to comb your hair. Those are almost up to brush your teeth, right. all before salah. Similarly, before you go to the masjid, and before you meet other mu'minin, mm -hmm. you know, uh, one day Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wa alihi was uh, um, you know combing his beard. And he was putting atar, and he was spending some time taking care of himself, grooming himself. And one of his wives tells him, uh, Ya Rasulullah, you know, they're just a bunch of Bedouin men. Why do you need to take care of yourself so much? You're already married. And she says, this is how Allah wishes for us to meet each other. Uh -huh. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm going to meet around, uh, other men, or it doesn't matter if I'm already married. This is a, a misconception a lot of, men and women have that you know since this guy is married why is he taking care of himself who, who is he beautifying himself for? right you know um so i mean as an introduction i think we've said enough but um yeah. especially i'd like to add this especially for muslims living in the west we are an immigrant community mm -hmm. we are a community that's migrated to this country and to the west and it hasn't been, you know, many years for us. Right. And we came from, mostly we came from impoverished backgrounds. Definitely. Weak backgrounds. You know, some people uh, flew wars and, and, and bloodshed and they left their, their countries without taking anything with them. Maybe back home they were well-established people. Right. But the way they fled their countries, they mm -hmm. couldn't take anything with them. And for the most part, you know, if you if you come out of half of the Middle East, you can't even bring your money with you, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we came to this country and, 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 and now after 30, 40, 50 years, alhamdulillah, you find that, you know, there are a lot of successful Muslims, whether they are physicians or, or lawyers or attorneys or authors or businessmen, uh, many, many successful people. And I think it's it's time now that we start dressing fashionably right. and presenting ourselves in a way where people take us more seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, the, we shouldn't dress in a way where people are saying, "Oh, you know, those those this community of Muslims are all immigrants. They're right. all impoverished. They're all lower class citizens. They're not successful." No, but we should 
the way we dress should also associate us with success. Yeah. Yeah, you have to understand psychologically so much goes on when you look at someone and depends on how they're dressed. For example, like why are police officers dressed the way they're dressed? Why did they choose that kind of uniform? Because the way it's, uh, you know, created and curated in that way, uh, it's to portray power or safety or someone you would trust, right? You look at a cop, you see how he's dressed, you would trust that individual. And uh, same as, you know, there's so many ways to go about it, but fashion is very important, you know. Obviously, we identify ourselves based on what we're wearing, and um, I think people should should care more about how they dress. Um, so, on the topic of fashion, obviously, name brands, people, when they think of fashion, they think of the runway, you know, Milan, or uh, New York Fashion Week, things of that nature. Are name brands important, and, um, you know, should we really care about name brands or is it just all you know whatever just uh, uh, more money yes and no I would say right um, so I'm just gonna throw out ideas mm -hmm. if you were any if you end up spending like six hundred dollars on a shirt just a, a regular t-shirt right uh, that you're gonna wear when you go to sleep that just has an LV sign. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. Uh, it's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Uh, there is no reason for it. Um, right. However, I would say maybe for certain individuals mm -hmm. um, in certain places, like I said, to demonstrate their, their success, to demonstrate their power, uh, it is needed. So we can't say, or, or desired. Right. So we can't say, um, you know, well, it's good for somebody and it's bad for someone else. Right. Um, if, you know, you're looking at something that's going to make you look better and, and nicer and more presentable and, and, and seemingly more successful, mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. As long as it does not uh, do several things. One, it's not a slough. Mm -hmm. You're not overdoing it. You're not transgressing in the way that you spend. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, second, it's not become, it, it doesn't become addictive where it's like a drug where you feel that without, you know, the Louis Vuitton bag or the Louis Vuitton purse or without, you know, my Prada shoes, then I am not the person that I would like to be. Right. For you to understand that those things don't define who you are. Mm -hmm. If you are constantly in need of those things to feel good about yourself, then you have to cure this issue in a different way. Right. Uh, if I constantly feel I need to flash you know, my watch or, or my jewelry or mm -hmm. my tattoos or, or whatever it is that's, that's, that's fashionable, if I need to constantly flash those things, that tells me there's something wrong within Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, lack of attention, that is greed for attention, wanting to just be flashy all the time, not being content with who you are, not right. being content with what you have, mm -hmm. uh, being greedy for the dunya. And that is not something that's desirable. If you buy those things and you have them and you enjoy them for yourself, right? yes, maybe other people will look at them and they will enjoy them on you, 
And like I said, it would give you an image of success and your achievements. But even without them, even when you're not wearing that watch, even when you're not wearing that belt, even when you're not um, doing all those things, people still respect you. Right. People still desire you for, for who you are. So whether you're a successful attorney or a successful physician or a successful scholar, this is who you are. Anything beyond that is the uh, decoration or the ornaments of the dunya. It comes in the dunya and it, it stays here and it will not be able to, you know, we will not be able to transport those things with us to the next life. Right. At the same time, like I said, we shouldn't get addicted to them. Mm -hmm. Addiction is something bad because once you get it, I know many, for example, youth who are addicted to this lifestyle, whether men or women, and there will be times in their lives where they won't be able to have them. Right. Or, for example, this young woman, she is in her father's home and her, her father is able to buy her all those things, mm -hmm. but her husband isn't. Or her husband doesn't want to. He doesn't believe in, you know, lavish spending. You know, he doesn't believe in the fact that you can spend $7,000 on a purse mm -hmm. while you can do so much more more good with that. Right. So, yeah, you know, buy a nice purse, a nice brand, but it doesn't have to be the most expensive purse. Right. So there you find those people having a conflict, you know, they're uh, almost getting a divorce just because of such silly things. Yeah. Um, so... When we do that, and when we buy those brands, and when we enjoy them, and we all do, and there's nothing wrong with that, if you're making enough money, and you're, you've worked hard, and, and you're struggling, and, and you're not a lazy person, and Allah has blessed you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in many occasions, we have a hadith that Rasulullah and Imam Ali said, If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses a abd, blesses his creation, blesses his servants, he wants to see that ni'mah on them. Right. So if you were making $50,000 last year and this year you're making $100,000 and, and, and the same thing still, you know, you're wearing the same thing, dressing the same thing, still shopping at, you know, Walmart, uh, still uh, driving the same car, nothing has changed in your life, Allah wouldn't like that. Yeah. Allah wants you to show the ni'mas that He's blessed you with in your life, towards your children, towards your family, towards your loved ones. Right. But in the same time, we also have to think of, you know, how those brands are manufactured and where they're manufactured. Right. And, you know, if, if it's okay for us to support them in the ways that we are supporting them. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if we end up buying a, a little purse for $1,000, $2,000 or shoes for $2,000, we have to really look into the history of that particular shoe or that particular purse mm -hmm. and how is it made and how many people have suffered like the other day when we spoke of gemstones and we spoke of diamonds right how can you enjoy a diamond when some kid has died because of that diamond right when so many people have lost their lives because of yeah. the diamond industry so it is still something to think about you know yeah. um, that a lot of people suffer they're not paid you know, adequate. You would not believe yeah. it. You know, some some yeah. of those people are paying paid as low as eight dollars a month. Right. Not a day, not an hour. Eight dollars a month working for those yeah. companies. That's um, so. That's that's why most companies obviously manufacture their clothes outside, outside of the United, United States, States yeah. or Europe because 
it's so much easier to find cheap labor. And sometimes it's even children, you know? Yeah, Child labor. Absolutely. Um, sweatshops, you know, you see like 600 people crammed in a small space. Well, anyways, you know, when it comes to name brands, obviously at a certain point, there's a difference in quality, right? Yeah, absolutely. So like something you buy for $5, um, like a $10 suit will not compare to a suit made in Italy, handmade. Definitely. There's certain uh, quality that you're... But at a certain point, the one, <clears throat> the good qualities are almost indistinguishable and then you're just going within crazy price ranges, yeah. right? So, like you said, uh, I think we should care about quality, right? Yeah. But maybe not always uh, become like a walking billboard for these companies. You know, you're walking around with a Gucci shirt, Fendi shorts, uh, you know. As long as you're getting them, if you're getting them for free, then you may... Uh, that's way, cool if you're, not, if you're mean, paying top money for that if then you're getting it for free you gotta hook the Kazwini brothers <laughs> up with some of that merchandise but now let's talk a little bit about perfumes and colognes um, I know the prophet himself peace be upon him spent a good amount of his, his salary on, on cologne and perfume um, so what is the importance of cologne and perfume um do you enjoy using it? What what are some of your favorites, maybe, and things of that sort? Well, let's get something straightened out. The prophet didn't have a salary, right? So he would spend maybe his, his money, <laughs> yeah, not his money. salary, but so uh, uh, whatever he had from earnings, right? Um, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would spend it on different things, amongst them. Uh, or maybe the most pricey of them mm -hmm. was the beautiful scent or what is called adar or perfume or cologne. You know, right. We can refer to it in different ways. And he would say to his companions that there is no israf in that. Mm. Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen, Imam Hassan and Imam Hussein as well. Imam Hussein specifically in the month of Ramadan, he would order you know, his servants to get him the best of scents and the most expensive of them and he would spend the whole Ramadan smelling so beautifully until Eid oh, man. Um, and I could smell the <sighs> and they say that when the Prophet and uh, the Imam specifically Rasulullah and Imam Hussein I have read this about them and Imam Hassan that when they would pass in a street for a long time you would still be able to know that they passed through that street because of their smell because of oh. the scent um, and obviously there are other people who were wealthier, much wealthier than them. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is not said about them. Right. This is because Rasulullah and the Ahl al-Bayt wanted to send a, set a trend mm -hmm. for the Muslims to smell good, to look good, right. uh, to look attractive. Um, and fortunately today you look at Muslims and you find that you know, there is long uncombed beards. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, some of them, their hairs. Is, yeah. You know, I know if with with the uh, with the whole COVID issue, there's a lot of people Caveman. not being able to go to the barber. Right. But that this still does not give you the you know that still shouldn't uh, give you an excuse to to look like a gorilla. You know. Yeah. So um, that's something that we have to consider. Um, as far as smelling good, you know. Um, 
this is something that is inseparable from a mu'min, I would say. Literally inseparable. If you're a mu'min and you are uh, somebody who really wants to follow the, the Islamic way, then you have to smell good the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people who might spend like, you know, a lot of money on, on clothes. Right. I'm serious. Yeah. And they would look, you know, they, they look very presentable. But when you get close to them, you can't tolerate them. Uh, and that's because they have, you know, they, they don't understand the importance of smelling good. Mm-hmm. Or you get into some people's car and it just smells horrible. You just, you can't right. take it. Or I literally have experience where, you know, you go into a home. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's a dinner or lunch or whatever it may be. And you're invited there. And when you get in. You're so hungry before you get there. But when you get there, you lose your appetite completely. Yeah. And the reason is because the house is so stuffy and smelly. Mm-hmm. And that's horrible. Right. You know, people, I don't understand how people don't, don't feel this. Mm-hmm. Um, or, for example, they'll, they'll have their, their, uh, their closet, their little closet, right next to the kitchen. So, you know, they put their jackets there. Yeah. Or uh, or whatever it may be, and you know, when you're cooking next door and you're frying all, all day, and you got your jacket or your overcoat <clears throat> right next door, that's gonna stink. That's yeah. gonna smell, you know. And you're gonna wear that every single day, and whatever you wear under it's gonna smell too. Yeah. How do you not feel this? How do you not, uh, you know? How do you not uh, recognize that you know? This the scent is stuck to you. You don't want to smell like a walking plate of biryani or something. You know? A lot of people do, unfortunately. Right. Uh, even when you go to the masjid, you know, unfortunately, people have had long days at work. This guy's been yeah. wearing his shoes all day. Uh, he hasn't had the chance to brush his teeth all day. Um, and he's not using perfume. <clears throat> and I always say, you know, if you're coming to Juman, put, you know, fresh socks in your... In your car. Right. Make sure you have a good cologne in your car. Make sure you have deodorant in your car. And make sure that if you're, you know, uh, sweating, then you have an extra shirt. Please. Please wear socks, first and foremost. (laughs) There's a lot of people that just walk in barefoot. I I don't know. So, you know, sometimes when you do sujood on some of the masjids. Yeah, you look up and. And you're like, and the imam is taking too long in that sujood. You're really just. No longer saying, you know, subhanallah, you're saying, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, ashhadu anna muhammad, because you, you're literally, and, and you know, Thanks. we're joking about it now, but it's horrible, it's horrible, yeah. it's hor- sometimes you go into a masjid and it smells like curry, plus yeah. socks, plus this happens a lot sweat, Seattle. plus all those things mixed yeah. each other, and I know a lot of people will start avoiding masjids, uh, prayer halls, right. And places because they're sensitive to smell. I personally am very sensitive. Very sensitive. I mean, I can get sick. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes, you know, when a, a hall is stuffy, I keep saying, you know, maybe some people have seen that in my lectures, please turn on the air, turn on a fan, open a window. Because mm. I just don't want to, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to get sick right. during a lecture. But I yeah. see that, you know, some people are okay with it. Some people are getting up and leaving. And, uh, you know, those are really important things. So I would say that please 
take care of the way you smell. For men, it is allowed to wear perfume and wear cologne. Uh, for women, it is allowed unless it becomes seductive. Mm. So, you know, if she, if the smell, the scent is like fresh, right? That's fine. If the scent is clean, smells clean, mm. like a, you know, th that's what they call them, clean, fresh, yeah. whatever, or soap or fruits, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but if it's a seductive scent, right? Um, you know, usually, uh, uh, you know, reserved for like. I don't know, uh, a romantic dinner or a romantic occasion or what have you, then women should avoid that for obvious reasons. Right. Um, um, but, you know, like I said, you know, smelling good is something that that should be part of, you know, part of your, your, your shopping list every year, part of your uh, income yeah. literally should be spent on colognes. And, you know, a lot of people end up going and buying something from like Walmart or Target yeah, or Cool Water. Then I'd rather you not even, yeah. wear. or like you know those little roller ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know where the guy opens yeah, yeah. it and it looks and like a chapstick, over you, yeah. and he's like, "Please." Yeah. So Please. basically, and those never go away. You know, you try to wash them yeah. off. <laughs> they're for like five, six yeah. days. And uh, so yeah, just you know, I remember, uh, you know, growing up. I knew some guy who used to be obsessed with cool water yeah. and he just never got, uh, he never grew out of it. And until now I'm like, we, we you know, this is okay when you're 12 years old or right. 13 or 15 years old, but it's not okay if you're, and at this stage he's making well over three, four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, still cool water. We need to send him yeah. some stuff maybe. I'm not like. sending nothing. It's the other way around. You should be sending me stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I think that people think that, oh, it's okay, you know, as long as you just don't smell dirty or nasty or whatever. Right. But no, it's it's a lot more than that. You know, it's a lot more than that. There are some amazing colognes and perfumes out there. Mm. You know, live your life, enjoy your life. Right. And let other people enjoy it with you. Yeah. So talking about that, um, you know, some of what you said, like the sock stuff and the beard stuff, I know I've experienced this a lot during Ziala. Mm -hmm. And you just basically covered that the imams were, uh, they smelled so good, you know. Um, and when we go to their their shrines, we should smell good too. Uh, Absolutely. As we're portraying their, their way of life. So sometimes I've been to Ziala and it gets really crowded and there's no problem in that, you know. But the sense you experience sometimes. And some people don't have much, you know, there may be... They may be impoverished and stuff, but maybe we could think of ways to help with, um, you know, hygiene. Maybe before we enter into the shrine or something, there should be a dress code or a hygiene code. Um, how important is hygiene in our faith? Uh, so, if, you know, about what you said, before I forget, I want to say, I swear, wallahi, if I had the money, mm -hmm. uh, I would, one thing I would certainly do, and if I had the authority there, right. I would make sure that an arba'in, you know, on this walk, right. instead of giving people six meals to eat, right. I would convert some of those mawakib to showers. Right, free showers. Free showers. Let people get in there. You know, you give them a little, uh, uh, you know, you give them a little bag 
right. you know, a, a bathroom bag or whatever. Toiletries. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, there, there would be a soap, there would be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, razors, there would be uh, 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 toothbrush. toothbrush, there would be a little deodorant, a little cologne that, you know, I love it. And, and, and give that to them with, with a, with a, what, you know, uh, a, uh, a disposable towel, let's say. Right. Let them clean up, you know, let them take a shower, let them feel good. Those people are walking for three days, they need that shower. Definitely. And it's gonna we make need them that shower. Yeah, and, and it's gonna and it's gonna make them feel better. It's gonna make them uh you know, it's it's gonna go a long way, trust right. me. And everybody is just this is how we are, we copy each other, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh we're not innovative. If somebody, you know, does something, the next thing everybody wants to do it. Right. Uh and that's one horrible thing about us, you know, Middle Eastern people. Uh, we we are just not innovative. And, you know, if somebody's giving to Manqima, then everybody's going to have to give to Manqima. Right. And then there is another mokib that, you know, is uh, like, let's say from Pakistan. And mm -hmm. if they're giving Sambusa, all the other guys are giving Sambusa. Right. So why not, you know, each country, you know, you see all those flags. Why not Definitely. each country comes and, and buys this land or rents this land or whatever yeah. it is and puts showers there? Mm -hmm. And let's, you know, uh, you know, w uh, let let people use that. Let people shower there, take care of them, their hygiene. Yeah. And then before entering uh, the shrine of Imam Hussein, before entering uh, Karbala, Right. I think this is the ta the task of the shrine. I mean, the shrine is making enough money. Definitely. Give a bag, a complete bag, uh, to people as soon as right. they're getting into the, the the city of Karbala. Give them an entire bag that has, mm -hmm. you know, two pairs of socks, uh, undergarments, uh, different sizes. You know. Yeah. And. Uh, and just distribute that to people. You know, you yeah. got twenty million people coming. That's fine. Twenty million. Yeah. You know, if if we're spending 200, 250 million on food, right. we can afford to spend. There's some definitely food. people that need it more than others, right? Yeah, so. and, and then you know, make a pat. You know, if if you don't need, you know, if if you're in need uh, of of funding, then mm -hmm. just say, you know, we need funding to fund the zawar of Imam Al Hussein. I right. personally would want to be part of that type of funding, right. you know, and then let there be a little. You know, spray body spray mm -hmm. for men and women. That way, we will solve this problem of of you know hygiene right. in in masjids. Same thing, brothers. When you go to your mosque, make sure that there such bags exist. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe some people will end up having long commutes. Maybe some people are coming out. You know, from from a, a long day, they don't have such things in their mosque. Make sure you know you have. You know, you buy a hundred pairs of, of nice socks every year. Yeah. And you leave them in the masjid. And you know, uh, I say this to a lot of people. Make sure your so your socks are white. Right. W buy white socks. Don't go around buying different colors. Why? Because it's, because you know when to throw them away. Mm -hmm. When there's a little bit of, you know, when they're, when they're changing color or there's, you know, spots on them or whatever it may be, that's a time where this sock... Mm -hmm. Needs to go to the trash. Right. You need to buy another one, and that's fine. We're spending on so many different things. We can spend. We can afford on spending our on uh, our, our undergarments. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, you know, buy a hundred pairs of socks and leave it in the masjid. People will come. They need it. Give it to them. You know, buy some perfumes. Buy some colognes. Buy some deodorants. Buy some toothbrushes. You know, yeah. 
leave those, they'll create this culture in the masjid and mm. the houses of worship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala emphasizes on this. Rasulullah emphasizes on this. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu khudu zinatakum inda kulli masjid. Make sure you beautify yourself when you go to the masjid. Um, so, you know, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would say, clean the path of the Qur'an. So people would say, what is the path of the Qur'an? He says, when you recite the Qur'an. Mm. You know, make sure you're using miswak and you're cleaning your mouth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back then it was difficult, but today it's so easy. Yeah, toothbrush. You don't want to use a miswak all the time now. You know, if you're using it here and there, but don't. Substitute the miswak for a toothbrush. Yeah. That's huge no-no. Um, our next topic is shoes and sneakers. So, as you know, I kind of like collecting shoes um, here and there. I have a few different pairs. Um, when it comes to shoes and sneakers, there's a huge culture of, of you know, there's people that are sneaker heads. So, I've seen people that have, like, $15,000 pair of of Jordans because it may have been one or two made in the world, you know, or um, I've seen people that collect Jordans that uh, were made in Japan, you know, back back when Jordan was wearing Jordans, they weren't made, uh, they were mostly made in Japan, so the Japanese Jordans are really rare, and there are certain um, different types of shoes that can exceed well, well into the, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, so... When do we draw the line between a sloth, uh, you know, like where it's just you're going overboard and where, you know, you buy one, two, three pairs of shoes, they look nice, you know, uh, if you like to collect them. Uh, where do we draw the line and where, where does it stop, basically? Uh, well, I can't really throw out a number and say, you know, five is enough, ten is enough. Right. But... Uh, look, with buying new clothes, mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I think is, is really good for people to do is if you're changing your wardrobe once a year, that's that's good. That's that's good, you know. Right. But if you're changing it once a month, that's bad. And if you're changing it once every five years, that's also bad. Mm -hmm. So we have to be moderate. Um, I think changing it once a year is fair. It's good because... You know, people that see us, people that interact with us, wearing the same thing over and over again, especially at home, to your family, to your friends, at work, uh, doesn't give a good impression about you to anybody. Right. And, you know, if Allah has blessed you and if, if Allah has given you the ability to do so, so buy new stuff. Now, this, like with me, my clothes never, like, if I give them away after a year, they're brand new. Literally, they're brand new. Um, but I give them away because it makes me feel good. Right. Uh, if they're actually ripped or there's something wrong with them, I throw them away. I don't give them to anybody because I don't think anybody is, you know, I don't want to degrade anybody with right. that type of, uh, so, you know, for, for people living in America or, or Europe, going to the Middle East, let's say you're from Afghanistan or Pakistan or India or Iran or whatever, mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who would die to wear those clothes. Definitely. So going towards them, you don't have anything to take with you, you know? So pack up those bags, take them. Right. Leave them there, empty your bags, and then you can buy all the souvenirs you want to bring with you, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, that is, that is an advice that I give to others. 
Um, so personally, I enjoy, you know, getting a, a new wardrobe once I actually am able to give that to poor people and right. I see how happy they get, yeah. you know, and, um, and same thing goes for your family and your children. Uh, but if you're buying, you know, more than you should. So let's mm -hmm. say you're an attorney. And attorneys, well, they need more suits than an average person. Right. A physician, let's say. Yeah. Uh, then that's fine, you know, because that is how you, you present yourself. Right. To your clients and to the court and to the public. Um, for example, others, uh, let's say you're a, you're a salesman. Then you also need to buy more than an average person. So I think every job, every lifestyle comes with its own set of needs. You know, sometimes it's 10 suits and 10 pairs of shoes. Sometimes it's 30 pairs of shoes. Right. Uh, or, 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 or 30 pairs of, 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 of uh, uh, jeans, for example, for whatever you do. Right. But anything more than that, is called israf. It's considered israf. And if you say, well, this year I only got five, but you have 50, that's still israf because you're not using it. If you're not using it or if the usage for it has become less, give it away. Don't be so attached to those things. Right. Like I said, those things don't make who you are. Mm -hmm. You know? And the more generous you are, the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returns, you know, and gives you more. In fact, there are hadith that encourage us to give things so that they are replaced with that is that which is better. Don't wait for it to rip and get destroyed. Right. Allah won't replace that. But if something is at its peak and it's it's nice and it's still working for you, and you take that and you give it to someone, right? Then Allah subhanahu wa taala will replace it with something that is better. Look, and I have seen people do that all the time. I have seen people give away really nice shoes, give away nice jackets, give away, you know, watches. cell phones, watches, um, and even cars, honestly. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has replaced Is there them anyone giving away them. houses? I Can haven't I seen them? that or heard that yet, but... Uh, I'm looking for a pair of keys. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, in fact, now to think of it, I have. I have seen... In fact, um, we know of somebody who has donated their house to DRF. Right. But they're still living in it. Right. So after a long life, may Allah bless them with a long life, if they die, mm -hmm. that house will go to the orphans and to the hospital and to good causes. Yeah. Um, I remember when, uh, you know, when I visited Karbala uh, several uh, years ago, there was an elderly woman who donated her house, her estate, yeah. to the orphans. Um, and uh, other people have done that as well. Yeah. So uh, giving from what you love the most, this is the most incredible thing anybody can do. Right. Uh, but, you know, shoes are also important. To answer your questions, uh, to answer your question, I think shoes are also important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can dress nice, but then the shoes are like dead. dead yeah. Or the shoelaces are like ripped. Right. Uh, not really uh not a know, good look not a good look yeah, yeah definitely or like one pair of i know guys that wear suits and they wear like uh sketchers with them right and then they wear like jeans and wear the same sketchers with them so don't do that yeah yeah maybe just don't wear sketchers <laughs> but uh you know like sneakers and sneaker culture 
there's no problem in buying maybe one or two pairs of Jordans, some Adidas, whatever, but there's a difference, right? So like you could buy a, a pair of Jordans for like two, three hundred dollars, maybe even five hundred dollars. Some of them are literally like thirteen grand, you know? You buy like a small Toyota Yaris with thirteen grand. That's crazy. I've seen people that don't have a car and are wearing like a $1,200 pair of shoes. It's crazy. So maybe that's just something to think about um, for sneakerheads. So I have a question for you and this is kind of transitioning. Um, I've seen a lot of people that make a good amount of money, you know, they're successful. But when I look at them and the way they dress, it's just tacky, you know, they're, they're not people that I'm like, oh man, this guy looks good, or this person looks good, and I think they have the impression that, okay, I'm going to be humble, so I'm just going to dress bummy, I'm just going to dress down and wear like just the most basic of, of clothes. Is that really being humble, you know, is it uh, humble to dress down, or what is your point of view on that? No, in fact, uh, like I said, you know, it is encouraged, our imams encouraged us to dress well. Mm -hmm. um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Holy Quran. Um, there is a hadith that uh, some people went to Imam Hassan and said to him, you know, your father used to dress so with humility. Right. He was very humble in the way he dressed. And uh, you, on the other hand, uh, you you dress differently, you know. Right. And uh, Imam Hassan had some expensive uh, uh, cloaks. Right. And uh, Imam Hassan replied. He said, "You know, my father was in a position where he was the Khalifa of all the Muslims, and the Muslims at that time were impoverished." Mm -hmm. And he wanted to make fee make people feel that he is one of them. Right. And that is why you find that a lot of the maraja, once they become a marja, once they become maraja, they are very humble in the way they live, the way they dress, the way they uh, carry, themselves. carry themselves. Right. Because they have people who follow them that are poor. poor. Right. But Imam Hassan at that time became a minority. As you know, Muawiyah took away the Khilafah, he usurped the Khilafah, and he became a minority, and his Shia became a minority. And minorities are mistreated. So Imam Hassan wanted to give an impression that no, we're not weak and we're not uh, poor. Uh, we're not, yeah, we're not poor. And with that, he wanted to keep the dignity of the Mu'mineen. Mm -hmm. So he explained it in, in such a manner. So it depends, you know, if you are somebody who's, you know, going to a factory every day right. <clears throat> with factory workers, when you go to the factory, don't be, you know, wearing your, uh, you know, Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton jacket. Yeah, just, uh, but, you know, so I think yeah, being smart, being right. smart about how you dress, what you wear, where, mm -hmm. you know, you, where you wear it and all those things will say a lot about somebody. You know, I know very wealthy people who... For example, when they go to the masjid, when they go to public places, they have normal cars, very humble, you know, mm -hmm. obviously not a Yaris. Yeah. Because then that people would start Laughing. making fun of them. Yeah. Uh, but no, they, they, you know, something that is mid, you know, mid class. Right. 
but then they also have very expensive cars that they enjoy by themselves, you know, with their families. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually being smart. That's actually knowing how to manage your affairs. That's actually, yeah. you know, keeping in mind Ayn and Hasad and all those things. Um, so, you know, I think in the end of the day, being humble does not only mean that, you know, I dress down. Right. Yeah. So that that's a good way to put it. Um, talking about fashion and how we should carry ourselves, how we should groom ourselves, things of that nature... How did the Imams and the Prophet uh, dress, carry themselves? I know Amir al-Mu'mineen salam. obviously he went through a period of his life where not only what he dressed was humble, but his food, his ate. diet, yeah. his, uh, you know, his transportation. So, um, but other Imams uh, and maybe the Prophet, how, how did they dress? How did they carry themselves? Um, you know, like I said, if what you dress makes you act differently, then there's a problem. Right. If, you know, t yesterday you were dressing very normal, you know, you you, mm -hmm. you were just making sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year and you had to spend all of that on, you know, your family and you were barely being able to buy just normal clothes, then right. you're acting differently. This year something has happened and, and you're making two fifty, three hundred thousand, dollars and you get to buy some brands mm -hmm. and now you're wearing them and it's making you feel different, it's making you act arrogant, it's making right. you then there's a problem. That never happened with the Imams. That never happened with the Ma'sumin. That never happens with scholars. That never happens with the Mu'mineen. Mm. In fact, the more, uh, the wealthier they get, or even if they're wearing black brands, obviously the Imams didn't wear brands, but people that I know, people that are Mu'min, people that are, the more humble they become. And that is a true Mu'min. Uh, it's not somebody who's controlled by those brands. Now, our Imams, they were the same, whether they were wearing expensive things or not. Mm -hmm. Whether they were, you know, in times of ease or times of difficulty. They were all acting the same. That is the first lesson we need to take. That, you know, whether you wear them or not, don't change the way you behave. Mm -hmm. Don't change the way you walk. Don't change the way you talk to others. And... Like I said, you know, arrogance and iman, they don't go hand in hand. They cannot see eye to eye. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that in the Holy Quran. وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا You know, they, they speak with humility and peaceful manner. A peaceful right. manner. Anyhow. So, uh, yes, you know, some of the Imams, they had times where they were able to spend, such as Imam Hassan, for example, for a specific period, Imam Hussein for a specific period. Um, uh, and uh, uh, maybe Imam al-Rada for a specific right. period. Uh, Imam al-Sadiq maybe for a specific period. Uh, so the Imams, some of them, went through those phases where, um, you know, they had villages or they had businesses or they had... Uh, uh, people giving them the homes and they were able to uh, you know live at ease and at times no things were very difficult or for whatever reason they went through the Shias were going through a phase where the Imams were making uh, were, were getting an income from the people of homes and zakat but they were spending the whole thing on the Shia completely and none on themselves and that is the role of the Imam he knows the Imams knew how to decide for themselves and, and, and obviously they never did those things 
in a materialistic sense. Right. They had no attachment to the dunya. They had no attachment to the to the world. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever was done was out of hikmah and right. wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had bestowed upon them. That's awesome. We're going to take a few questions, inshallah, and then we'll wrap it up and say our goodbyes. Um, so there's a few questions. Uh, one of them says, can we pray wearing any kind of leather? Yeah, you can, unless the leather has been from an animal that is slaughtered in an unhalal way. Right. And how do you determine that if that animal is edible? If the animal is edible mm -hmm. and the animal is slaughtered in a way where you are then allowed to eat it, you're also mm -hmm. allowed to use its leather. Right. But... Um, if the animal that is edible, slaughtered in a way where you can't eat it, mm -hmm. which is called tethkiyah, right. then you cannot wear it while you um, um, do your salah. Yeah. Because uh, it has been slaughtered in, uh, in a way where it does not make the skin tahir. It right. makes it najis. So it depends on the leather and where it's made. If you buy leather that's made in Islamic countries, then that's fine. So outside of prayer, are we allowed to wear any type of animal uh, skin? Like You are, but like I said... Crocodile? Uh, it depends. So if... Uh, there are... Uh, so it depends. If the, the leather is nedges, mm -hmm. then you are wearing something that yeah, is nedges. Like pig or something. You can't wear like no, certain animal no, skins. If, yeah. So basically, um, if it's not slaughtered the halal way, right. if it's not slaughtered the Islamic way, mm. you're not eating the leather, right. but it's najis. Right. So it's, if, if it's your shoes or your belt, it's najis. Mm. It's not haram, but it's najis. You cannot, uh, uh, so you, you would have to purify yourself right. after that. Or, or you know, if you sweat in it or you touch it or whatever it may be, it creates an ajasa. That's if it's 100% pure leather, obviously. Mm -hmm. And if, if you know that it's come from uh, a source that is not halal. Uh, now, some scholars believe that you must know of the tadhkiyah, meaning that it's slaughtered in the halal way for it to become tahir. Uh, mm -hmm. And some believe it is the lack of knowledge that it is najis, mm -hmm. which allows you to use it. Right. Which allows it to be tahir, right, yeah. which doesn't which sorry, which makes it non najis. Understood. We it doesn't make it tahir, makes it non najis. Got it. We have another question. How do we know when we have too much glam on? So how do we know when we're over exceeding? I think we kind of. Yeah, I think that. it's pretty obvious. Um, you know, you know, some people they think that it's our job um, to answer. Like the, the job of the scholars to answer very detailed things in their lives and, right. and they don't have to think or, or, or judge things. I'm not saying that about this specific person. Right. I don't know who they are and I'm not judging them. But, you know, I think that we have to be smart enough to, to judge things for ourselves, you know. Right. Um, let's say you're buying some uh, uh, AirPods right, right there, you know. Do you need the normal ones? Do you need the pro ones? Do you need the you know second generation? What do you need? Right. If you need the third generation for whatever reason it is, then buy it. There's yeah. no problem with it. If you don't need it, don't buy it. Yeah. 
you know, so uh, same thing goes for, uh, you know, a lot of things that we do in life. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, uh, need watches, you know, how many watches do you need? Let's say we need three pairs, three nice pairs, right? Right. Anything more than that is then considered israf. Yeah. You know, for women, I think it's different where they need more jewelry and, you know, they're accustomed to more jewelry. Yeah. But if you're buying things that you're not going to wear uh, at all, not a good idea. Then that's yeah. that's where you know you have too much. That, that's or if you don't have enough space for your clothes in your closet. Oh yeah. Or if you it. don't have enough space for your shoes in your closet. This right. those are all signs that you're doing things more than you should. Yeah. That that also makes me think of the whole time and place thing. You know, you're not gonna wear a three piece suit and go to the gym or a wedding dress and go out to the mall or something. So You'll know you have too much glam on if people are looking at you crazy. Like, what are you wearing? You're you're, you're like, overdressed. Yeah, you're at you're at the grocery store. Why are you wearing that? Yeah. So um, a lot of Middle Eastern people, you know, when they travel, mm -hmm. they think it's like a it's a, it's an important occasion. Right. In so, the airport, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. I know some people. <laughs> I know some people who are traveling and uh, you know wearing a suit and, right. and going on a sixteen-hour flight. And the officer pointed him out. And he's like, "Hey, come here." So he's like, uh, he asked me so many questions. He interrogated me, all those things. And I was like, "Listen, dude, why are you interrogating me so much?" I'm just you know traveling. He's like, because. Look around you, you're the only one wearing a suit and a tie and you're sweating.